0: We thought they were, and we let about to the it well, I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Just
3: go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. The
0: Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well,
3: how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, what up? Back on the show, hour number two has begun. appreciate you tuning in. Plenty of coffee left in the thermos. That's good. I've been up since about three. I don't know how to explain that or why or for what reason. There is no good reason why I would do that. Hold on. There you go. little coffee in the cup from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Get your coffee at highpointroasters.com. It's local. Look, I don't know why. I woke up at 3 a.m., Roger, wide awake ever since. I have a lot of mornings when that happens. We just want some of that coffee. I I think maybe I'm full-on addicted, possibly. I'm not going to say anything. But, you know, you've been up since 3. You need two things. You need a little High Point Roasters New Albany blend coffee in your cup. And you also need a little Sonic Boom.
1: Woo! This is out to Beaver.
3: I dedicate this to the hardest-working producer in radio, air quotes, Beaver. Uh. Roll your window down and turn it up! Woo! Yeah! Come on! Hey-oh! Having a little fun with the JSU Sonic Boom. True story. Used to put it in, roll my windows down, just ride around Tupelo. People looking at me like I'm crazy. Damn, Go. Almost. Big finish. Yes, 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 yes. Roger, like if I yeah. ever run for governor, I want the Sonic Boom playing at every campaign stop. That'd be good. I'd win. You know, that was almost, uh, as Jake would say, medicinal. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. We got to do better than that, man. Medicinal. <laughs> One more time. Y'all, if y'all are just tuning in, we had another like quintessential jake wimberly moment on his show yesterday afternoon and i heard it live on the air here it is
0: Reb says concussion stands or concussion stand funds jamboree
1: the concession stand funds the jamborees
0: (laughs) is that what it says okay i messed that up the concession stands (laughs) say that again what (laughs) he needs um
3: pyrotechnics (laughs) Pyrotechniques, Jake. (laughs) No world. What in the world? (laughs) Like Roger said, he got concussion in his head and he was not going to have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) The concussion funds what?
0: (laughs) Loreb says concussion stands. Concussion stand funds. Jamboree.
1: The concession stand funds the jamborees.
3: Is that what it says? Okay, I messed that up. The concession stands... Say that again, what? (laughs) You know, what that is right there that you're listening to, that's like, you know in that show Family Guy where you got Stewie, who's the baby of the family, but he speaks like an adult. Or like Boss Baby. (laughs) Most people like
0: Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs)
3: Just, I love it. <laughs> I'm here for the morning show there. <laughs> Is it good radio just be laughing all the time? <clears throat> all right, let's call Caleb. You got it. Y'all remember Caleb, the young up-and-coming play-by-play announcer I told you about. But, but radio host, Caleb's my buddy, and he hosted, what, two or three of the radio shows that we did live from the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover. He was up there with me. And I wanted to chat with him because he sent me a message yesterday. We were talking about the playoff stuff in football. And there's this one idea that keeps getting kicked around. Everybody says, do away with the divisions. Like, be done with it. Get rid of the divisions in the SEC. But there may be a hang-up. And he was telling me about it. I just thought I'd get him to tell you because um, I couldn't figure it out. I still haven't figured it all out. We were talking about the scheduling thing. Did y'all remember this earlier in the week here on this show when Tim Brando from Fox Sports reminded us that the SEC is a very Alabama-centric league? People don't
0: want to hear this, but it's true. It's an Alabama-centric league. The SEC has always been an Alabama-centric league. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean that the people in the office are biased for Alabama. That, that's not the point. The point is the schedule has always been – Going back years, channeling it through the years, Bear Bryant used to run the bowl system. Bear would call his friend Mickey down at the Sugar Bowl and say, well, here's what I got. I got Georgia. I got... He, he put together the, <laughs> the teams that were going to be in the bowls. Okay? You update it, and you see when Roy Kramer separated the conferences into divisions. South Carolina and Arkansas coming in. I mean, there was no way that could have ever happened if the Alabama-Tennessee game hadn't been protected. And there was no way auburn was ever going to play in the eastern division even though it made more sense for auburn to be in the eastern division you could have kept the auburn alabama game in a crossover but alabama wouldn't have any of it because of the tennessee situation and that was in 1992 that's a long time ago okay (laughs) i can see why that was an issue that roy kramer had to get past but i mean that was we're living in a different world now
3: all right so that's a little tim brando earlier so it's been an ongoing discussion Right now on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, my friend Caleb Hamill. Now, today he's going to be radio guest. This fall, you'll get to hear him on the radio as broadcast announcer. Hey, Caleb, you're going to be calling a, uh, the West Jones football games on the radio again this fall?
2: You know, I've got a select couple that I'm doing. i kind of doing a few rotational games across uh, Jones County. And so uh, they're part of the package, but uh, they're not the whole shebang this
3: year. Okay. All right. Good deal. Well, I knew you would still be into it, and that's, heck, man, uh, two weeks. Well, I guess we got jamborees in two weeks. Do I have my math right? And jamborees? It, it, man, they're,
2: they're coming up soon. I'm yeah. trying to remember
3: the date myself. It's not too far away from college starting either. Yeah, I know. What, what? Well, heck, I mean, we're inside the month with the season started. Yeah, all right, so on the college note, Caleb, I just wanted to ask you real quick. I didn't have a chance to catch up with you yesterday, and you, you, you sent me a text, and – there's this discussion out there about scheduling and how to fix the SEC stuff because the model the SEC has is not the best, but how to fix it, all right? And some people say, well, one solution is get rid of the divisions. But you were telling me they can't do that or, or can't you know, exactly do that. Well, why not?
2: Well, it takes a little context of where the SEC started. You know, just heard Tim Brando in a clip talk about 1992, all the stuff they went through. That was the first time that the SEC had a championship game. That was a misnomer. Like, you know, people had never really thought of a championship game for that conference. Uh, the FBS only allows you 12 games in a season for the regular season. That 13th game was allotted because the SEC came up with this grandiose idea of coming up with a champion based on an extra game uh, if they created divisions. Well, the reason the NCAA allows that and allows a championship game to be played is because you can have a clear set of two teams play in that final game. Mm. In fact, they had to amend it in 2016 whenever the Big 12 with 10 teams uh, decided they wanted to have a championship game by having nine scheduled conference games in which they play complete round robin. So everybody plays everybody, and you can get a clear ranking of teams 1 through 10 to get 1 and 2. The problem that we face if we want to get rid of divisions in the SEC is developing a clear way to get one and two without having a weird, odd tiebreaker that is just unheard of. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, um, gosh, and there's so many things that come up. But but to reiterate so that we are clear, in your research what you found is that there is basically a stipulation that – For the NCAA to, I guess, endorse a conference championship game in football, you got to have divisions which give you a clear, you know, this team versus that team matchup instead of just picking your number one versus your number two player team. Do I have that right?
2: Right. The two are either you have a full conference round robin, and you develop the top two teams out of that, or you have two divisions and you have round-robin play within the divisions mm. to get the top teams in each. Okay. All right, now... But that being said, the SEC made such a big wave in 1992 to get that championship game. It's going to be... You know, the conference is already the staple of how the college football world revolves. And so if you come up with a solution of getting rid of divisions and come up with a way to get these top two teams and appeal to the NCAA perhaps, you know, NCAA loves money and loves revenue generated from games. You know, why not consider the options if the SEC office can come up with a viable option?
3: Right, and then that's the whole key. Okay, so coming up with the viable option. Do you remember, Caleb, a few years ago when Steve Spurrier, he was still the coach at South Carolina, or maybe he had just finished, but it was somewhere close to that. So it was several years ago anyway, and Steve Spurrier said that, The division winners should be determined by the games they win and lose against their division and not against the other division. Um, So think about that. We've got divisions. If they don't do away, he said, you know, if Alabama wins the West, it's because they beat the teams in the West regardless of how they do against the teams from the East. What do you think about that? Or do you even remember when he brought that up?
2: You know, honestly, I don't remember him saying it at the time, but my first instinct is saying, you know, if you eliminate the need of the Eastern, say we're talking about Mississippi State, you have a schedule where you get to play Kentucky and Ole Miss gets to play Vanderbilt. Meanwhile, Alabama's got to play Tennessee. Auburn has to play Georgia. Yeah, you know, State and Ole Miss would, in theory, have an easier time with the current way mm. to get to number one in the Western Division. Meanwhile, Auburn and Alabama have to play a tough cross-division rival. Mm. So I can see where he's coming from with the difficulty there. But also, you get to the point where you say, okay, well, if you have these Eastern teams that you play every year, what's the weight of it besides getting bowl-eligible if you can't win the division with those games? Right.
3: And, and what we're getting around to as you kind of pour over the paperwork, they we're, we can't just get rid of the divisions because that doesn't give you a clear one-versus-one matchup for your conference championship. But they made a, an exception for the Big 12, you said?
2: Yeah, the Big 12 and I think the ACC partnered together on this new legislation on getting a conference championship game while only having 10 teams in the Big 12. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Well, and I find it interesting, Caleb, too, that y- y- you know, now we're, we live in this world of the college football playoff, where so much of the decisions that are made are based on what helps us get in that playoff, or what helps our conference in relation to the playoff, yet there are five power conferences, only four teams can get in the playoff. Some years we've had two teams from one conference get in, and... I think I think it is sort of choking some of the life out of college football in the interest of it across the country. Others feel that way too. You're younger than me, um, you know, a good bit. I wonder if people your age, Caleb, feel the same way. The fact that, I mean, we're, we're SEC-centric in our neck of the woods. We're happy as long as the SEC, okay, fine. I mean, it's Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. But do you sense that what the playoff has done since implementation going on five years ago, that it started to kind of whittle away at some of the national interest because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have been on the outside looking in?
2: I think some of it has gone down. But people that like watching college football are going to like watching college football in the championship game regardless. To me, what this playoff has really done has minimized the reason that people go to bowl games. If it's not the mac daddy of them all in the top four, then you're just kind of given a a reward for having a decent season and you get to go play a couple miles away, maybe somewhere warm in Florida or wherever when it's cold out in your neck of the woods. Mm. But other than that, your reward of watching college football and following your team, is it didn't live up to the top four. There's no reason. And it's partially because of all the commercialism of these bowl games that we can't have a true playoff like an FCS or like division two because uh, you can't get rid of bowl games. There's too much money invested there. But uh, back to what you were saying about people's interest, I-, I can consider the thought that people are less interested, especially if you have the same championship game a couple years in a row. I think the solution is eventually going to be to expand that playoff, and I like a version of what's been said a lot of times: of take those top five champions, give an at-large champion from the group of five, and then two more at-large's because you have to have you know a, a factor or something of two. Uh, that's not six because you can't narrow down six to two very easily. Mm-hmm. You have to do eight to pyramid it down to your final two. Yeah. And I think that gives the SEC an opportunity to have another team still if they wanted to have two in the playoffs. Right. If you do it that way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you, I think when you really do look at it that way, Caleb, we probably are closer on the timeline to the expansion of the college football playoff than we are to the SEC changing its scheduling model, even though it's obviously flawed. I think we're still closer to just getting an expanded playoff overall. Do you agree?
2: I agree. And I'll tell you, you come from a background of traveling to all the games in Radio Land. How much sense does it make to go to Missouri and what was it, twenty fifteen? Yeah. And then you won't go back there for another twelve to fourteen years.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's like not even being in the same conference, really. And um,
2: honestly, you're basically not.
3: Yeah, you're basically, that's it, because you don't play each other unless you get to the title game. Hey, Caleb, I appreciate it, man. Good to catch up with you on a Friday. Good to hear your voice. First time i talked to you on the radio since the SEC baseball tournament, which seems and feels like it's way in the rearview mirror. So it's good to talk to you, man.
2: Yeah, good to talk to you, too. Look forward to uh, the next time.
3: Yep, won't be long. Thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right. All right. That's Caleb Hamill. Y'all follow him on Twitter at calebhamill one. He looked that up. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that it existed. This stipulation that you can't just do away with divisions. Let me read this to you. Council members adopted a proposal originated with the Division I Football Oversight Committee and also approved an amendment from the Big Ten Conference. The amendment offered by the Big Ten allows conferences with fewer than 12 members to hold championship games in football as long as they meet one of two additional conditions. They must either play their championship game between division winners after round robin competition or between the top two teams in the conference standings following full round robin regular season competition where everybody plays everybody. So, That's the whole stipulation. The SEC doesn't want to fool with it by getting rid of divisions. As long as you have divisions, they're taken care of. So the division thing is not going away. The East and the West division thing in SEC football is not going away. Now, who's going to be in the East and in the West going forward? (laughs) Right? Because like we had Matt Stinch come on the show earlier this week. And what did he say? I like traditional rivalries, but not... At all costs. I'm a
0: big fan of the traditional rivalry, um, but not at all costs. In my eyes, Georgia-Auburn is sacred, and it's sacred because personally speaking, I played at Georgia. A bunch of my classmates and buddies from high school—they all went to Auburn. Mainly because I think we've won 13 out of the last 15. That's not important. <laughs> what, what is important? <laughs> well, rivalries do matter. I'm not certain that long term, Matt, we don't end up seeing a uh, reallocation or redistribution of the existing teams to what would be make more geographic sense. Pick mm-hmm. Missouri in the West because they're kind of in the West and. Maybe you pull Auburn over into the East and everybody says, oh, well, what if you have Auburn-Alabama and then Auburn-Alabama get in the SEC championship game? Oh, well, who knows if we're even playing an SEC championship game by
3: then. That's Matt Stinchcombe, former Georgia Bulldog, All-American, and first-round pick on the radio earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, think about that. It does not make geographic sense, does it? I mean, that's like West Virginia being in the Big 12. But think about it. Missouri, look at a map. Missouri is in the Eastern Division, (laughs) and about six schools that are east of it are in the West. (laughs) And Auburn is in the West, and it's way over there east of the whole league, pretty much. And you know why? Auburn versus Alabama. There's certain things, certain games, and traditional rivalries that have to be played. Anyway, there's that. Appreciate Caleb coming on. How many calories are in your fast food order? Let me tell you what to avoid. Coming up in the Farm Bureau studio.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
3: Bum, Uh, Yeah, back on the show. How about this? Little nugget for you here. Tom Brady turns 42 years old tomorrow. Roger says, forget deflating footballs. Now he's cheating father time. Another one from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Baltimore airport officials have found two rocket launchers in baggage this week. People are really going to extremes to get rid of that rat infestation, aren't they? (laughs) And
2: That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.
3: (laughs) Yeah, then Ron Burgundy? And then Brick Tamlin says, Yeah, I killed I killed a guy. Yeah, threw a killed a guy with a trident. I saw that, Brick. You should probably lay low, because you're probably wanted for murder. Uh, Last one. Today is International Beer Day, or as Brett Kavanaugh calls it, Friday. (laughs) You like my delivery there, Roger? Yeah, you're good. You're getting better. Okay, I'm getting better. Yeah. Uh, A link that I want to share with you. Real quick. As promised. Many people who listen to this show live in the middle of the day in Jackson, Central Mississippi on 105.9 The Zone, ESPN Radio, may order these things. Now, this is not picking on anyone. They are simple facts. Every one of these things tastes good. None of them will kill you all by itself. (laughs) The top 10 most caloric fast food things you can get. Like for instance, the Sonic Oreo Peanut Butter Master Shake checks in at 1,720 calories for a large. You know there are some diets out there that give you 1,700 calories to eat all day, right? Now this one hit close to home for me, Roger. The Country Boy Breakfast from Cracker Barrel. 1,530 calories. <laughs> If you eat the whole thing. Now I'm gonna scroll down here to the top of the list. Ooh, what a big one! Exactly, what a big one. Now I'm gonna read you something on here that is, I, I mean I don't even know. If you go to Top Golf, have you ever been to Top Golf? I haven't. I haven't either. I've always wanted to go. This place you can go hit golf balls. <laughs> Glorified drive. See, see what they did there. All right, Top Golf injectable donut holes from top golf Yep. In- injectable donut holes. Roger? Oh, they, are, ju- they are they are donut holes that come with a syringe. In one syringe is cream, in the other is chocolate. Feel free to inject your donut holes with either. <laughs> Be careful now. Topgolf supplies plastic syringes so you can inject chocolate, raspberry jelly, and or Bavarian cream goo into each donut hole. <laughs> of keep course. Us from, keep us away from the newlyweds. <laughs> Come on, Roger. Roger! No! No, Roger! Get that out of your mind, man. How could I? You said it. <laughs> of course, it says you may end up sharing your 1,970-calorie order of 24 donut holes with friends, along with Top Golf's 1,200-calorie tater tots, 1,400-calorie chips and queso, or 1,750-calorie cheese fr- fries. And this is
1: ostensibly a uh, sporting establishment it is they don't have many
3: old customers do they <laughs> Not many regular ones anyway all right here we're at the top of the list now cheesecake factory cinnamon roll pancakes 2040 calories for breakfast 51 grams of saturated fat wow and, that, and now, that's not even at the very top. At the very, very tip-top are two things. The Boss Burger from Chili's. 2020 calories. Smoked brisket, rib meat, jalapeno, cheddar, smoked sausage, bacon, cheddar, lettuce, tomato, house barbecue, and house-made ranch. Mm-hmm. On the menu, it says these words. We dare you. And then the number one caloric thing you can get. The chicken and waffle sliders from Dave and Buster's, 2,340 calories if you eat the whole dadgum thing. Some waffle. I mean, you know, there goes your daily caloric allowance in one meal. Uh, On another food note, since everybody's out there eating right now, America's favorite and least favorite sandwiches. All right, let's see. The ones with the best ratio of likes to dislikes, grilled cheese sandwich, grilled chicken sandwich, and turkey sandwich. The least favorite sandwiches. Is this even a thing? And is it separate or together? Cream cheese and cucumber. Hmm. Nobody has ever eaten one. How could it be a dislike? They don't know how to eat that. I've heard of cucumber sandwiches, but that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the formula for it. And out of this survey, other the other ten sandwiches with the worst ratio of likes to dislike—I mean, it had the most dislikes—the muffaletta sandwich, crab cake. Well, what, what, what? Yeah, had the dislikes. Dislikes Muffaletta. Well, they, they hadn't got it in the right place then. And a Reuben sandwich. Oh man, man, I'm all about a Reuben sandwich. They have it on the dislike list. But the only way it's? You should eat sauerkraut. I agree with that. Put it on the sandwich. a sandwich. Put some Thousand Island dressing on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about, yeah, bad gum. That's got me wanting one. Now they don't even sponsor this show, but Arby's has a good one. Have you had theirs? Yeah, I have, and uh, McAllister's has a good one. Now, they are. Do they? they
1: come sometimes. They advertise. Okay, but they also have the advantage of being in the same parking lot.
3: <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> hey, McAllister's, holler at your boy. Yeah. Roger will be there in about thirty minutes. Well, that sweet tea. <laughs> a large. He wants a large sweet tea. I bet that'd be about twelve hundred calories. Yeah, I bet it will. Yeah. yeah, I'll have the big boy burger, the chicken and waffle uh pancakes, and, and a, a bra. diet and a diet coat. Oh, yeah, and a bra. Yeah. And I'll buy your bra right off of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so there you go. Be careful what you order. Speaking of kind of going overboard, I mean, I, I don't know, but the University of Georgia. Schools that spend the most on their recruiting budget. Number one, Georgia, $2.6 million. Number two is Texas and all their money at $1.8 million. Now, think about this. First of all, Georgia is spending almost a million dollars more than the number two school in the country. That's how far in front Georgia is in terms of what they're spending and recruiting. Is it working? Well, Georgia is signing more four- and five-star players than anybody else the last two years. They are stacking them up. They have five-star players transferring out because they can't get on the field. That is the truth, and they haven't won the national title. It's not always what it equals. But they're signing lots of great players, that's for sure. Well, they're spending the money. 2.6 million, almost a million more than Texas at number 2. Clemson at number three, AM at number four. You got Florida State, Michigan, Penn State, LSU, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. Nebraska in the top 10 in what they spend in recruiting makes sense because they have to go a long way to get them. Why is Georgia and Texas spending so much? Players are right under your nose. I don't know the answer. They're spending it. I do know that much. Coming up. Not all games of dodgeball are equal. Tell you how come I know. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
3: Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go, with the home team. I got a text here from Norman, says, uh, you've mentioned how phenomenal Moulds was. Eric Moulds, a receiver at State, early mid-90s, number one draft pick of the Bills. All that. Um, Norman says, I've got a story to share from when I was at State in 95. I want to hear it, Norman. I want to know what the story was, if you're still listening. He texted that a little bit ago. But if you're still listening, uh, get it in or call me next week. You can call me today, though, if you can get it in. got a few more minutes with you here. Call me on the Divinity phone at 995-1059. That's a 601 Area code there, so 995 Feel free to give me a shout. I'd love to hear your voice today. Let me know your Eric Mould story. I'd love to hear it. Or you could, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you could text it if it's textable. We were talking about, um, we are talking about Jake. And the mispronunciations a little bit earlier. Somebody texted in and wanted us to pronounce rapport. (laughs) Well, what's the big deal with that word? I think I got it right. (laughs) Yeah, rapport. Uh, Spence thanked us for the trip down memory lane, talking about practicing and all that kind of stuff. Thank you for listening, Spence. And he said, uh, Roger, that you and I do a good job. Thanks. Well he actually said awesome. He said you and Roger do an awesome job. Well, you know, it's primarily the quarterback, you know. Yeah. I'm over here on the old line. (laughs) The all offensive linemen have the most fun though, because they're always together. And get a lot of camaraderie out here. There's a lot of camaraderie on that offensive line, no doubt. There's a great quote that hit Twitter yesterday from David Cutcliffe up at Duke about how Offensive linemen are the kind of people that you hope your daughter marries, not the quarterback. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Makes sense. Now, you know, I didn't necessarily take offense to that because I always wished I had been an offensive lineman. Maybe I should have tried it. And I agree with this. We're Again, we've had a lot of fun at Jake Wimberley's expense, but he doesn't mind because as long as it's entertaining, he gets it, radio business, and – He doesn't have a huge ego. He just laughs at it, moves on. It's not a big deal. But this is the soundbite. Roger's been playing. It's about the third time we've played it. But here it is. This is what we were talking about, what happened yesterday on Jake's show.
0: Lil Reb says concussion stands, or concussion stand funds jamboree.
1: The concession stand funds the jamborees.
0: Is that what it says? Okay, I messed that up. The concession stands.
3: Say that again. What? It's great. And somebody texted in and said, Beaver does a phenomenal job capitalizing in these moments. <laughs> he really does.
0: He does, doesn't he? Most people like Bohemian Rhapsody.
3: That is, that is incredible. That is outstanding. I mean, it's like a comedian trying to be funny, but can't pull it off. Jake isn't trying to be funny and can pull it off. It's great. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. um, Yeah, now this is a good point here from Fluffy Bottoms on the text line. Pronunciation can start a fight. Bring up Lafayette with Louisiana and Mississippi people in the same room. It's Lafayette. No, it's not. It's Lafayette. (laughs) Is that Jake's bell? Yeah. Dadgum. We're going to be in trouble again for playing with the bell. That's right. Leave your toys. i play with that G.I.
1: Joe if you leave it in here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, quickly here. Um, I mentioned to you a dodgeball story. This is from this week. Everybody played dodgeball at recess and at P.E. in school. Earlier this week, there was an actual charge, an assault charge against a 10-year-old kid in Michigan Because some game of dodgeball wound up with another kid getting hit and maybe getting a black eye. An an actual assault charge. Here is the update. A Michigan prosecutor dismissed the assault charge against a 10-year-old boy who injured, allegedly, a classmate with a ball during a game students were playing at recess. Uh, Erickson Elementary School in Canton Township, Michigan. Okay. Um, A kid named Bryce, well, I mean, his name's Bryce. We don't need the whole name. Anyway. His mom posted that he was injured and then a, a charge with aggravated assault was handed over. The thing happened on April 29th. So, Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy said in a statement that the charge is certainly sustainable, but still he's dismissing the case. Quote, I'm sorry, uh, she is dismissing the case. She said, I have no doubt that both families involved love their children and want the best for them, but I do not think. She says, but I do think there is a better way to go forward at this time. It is my earnest hope that both sides will come back to the table, work out a solution that benefits both of the children. Um <clears throat> they said the ball was ball thrown by her son hit another boy and allegedly resulted in the boy who's 9 years old suffering a concussion. Hmm. According to a police report, the boy was hit in the face with the ball. It happens. It, it does happen. The mother of the kid who got hurt told news outlets that her son has a medical condition that makes head injuries dangerous. She said her son suffered a black eye and had a bruise on his nose from being hit. She probably let the PE teacher know that before. Well, that's right. Okay, if that is true, if you have a child who has a medical condition that makes head injuries dangerous. I mean, what are we doing about that?
1: We're a helmet.
3: Helmet? Hey, at no... It's important. Under no circumstance are you to be out there around balls being thrown on the playground. No right? I mean, let's address that ahead of time. Anyway, yeah. So there was this assault charge hanging on the other boy. Apparently the game had ended and another ball was still thrown and then bam. And assault charge, but now it's been dismissed, and they got to work it out, which is probably for the best. The way it should be, Roger. When I news boys smell funny. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Listen, when I was in wait, I guess fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, I think the fifth grade in Russellville, Alabama, and we played dodgeball just about every day at recess, PE. There was this blank wall on the side of the school, big plaster wall out there, right? And we'd line up against that wall, and whoever's getting throw is out, and, you know, is out here standing out. And we're trying to throw and hit teammates who are lined up against the wall. And that way, if you miss them, you don't hit a a, a kid. The ball comes back to you because it bounces off the wall, right? And Miss Jones, the PE teacher. We're playing dodgeball, and I'm throwing. And my friend, Marcus Hill, his name was Festus. That's what we all knew him by was Festus. But his real name was Marcus Hill. He became a really good football player, by the way. I think he played at UNA. Yeah, Festus was up at the while well, I was throwing. He was one of the last ones to have still be up there and not hit yet. And about the time I'm raring back to get another throw in, Miss Jones blows the whistle to signal the end of Of P.E. for that day. So whistle blows. I got the ball in my hand. And Marcus looks at me and says, don't you throw it. (laughs) And what did I do? I threw it. As hard as I could throw it. And like hit him right in the butt. (laughs) Because he turned. Bam! (laughs) That little move. So, yep yeah. so Marcus came charging down the hill at me mad and we lock up I reach out and grab him he grabs me he's throwing punches none of them really hurt that bad I'm throwing a little fight I'm throwing little kid punches he's like he's like clawing my face I'm like gouging his eyes out <laughs> you know. And Miss Jones runs over and she's blowing the whistle and she breaks up the fight and we're huffing and puffing and like a scene in a movie with all the kids looking at us and her standing there. She yelled at us at the top of her lungs and said, you two are animals. (laughs) I will never forget the look on her face of just, she was completely and utterly fed up with us. As much as a teacher can be, that we st- we've started fighting over dodgeball. Dodgeball has caused a lot of problems over the years. Matt, so, you missed some of Fluffy Bottom's best work. Did I? Is, do I have time?
1: Today's schedule on 105.9 the zone, seven yeah. to ten a.m. Replay, ten to twelve. Men getting in touch with their feelings to music. Twelve to two.
3: Sports talk. Four to six. <laughs> Bulldog Blitz texted in and said Jake has an engineer mind there you go. Word pronunciation A minuscule part of life to those folks I agree Alright, enjoy the week We'll see y'all on Monday Have a great weekend See you. You're listening to the Matt
0: Wyatt Show